Hello everybody and kia ora. Um, in today's session we will provide an update on the implementation and operational commencement of the Austroads um, National Harmonization of Temporary Traffic Management Practice Project. We have more than 1,000 people registered for today's session. Welcome to you all and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a Senior Communications Officer at Austroads and I will be moderating today's session together with Patsy Thomas, um, Austroads National um, Temporary Traffic Manager, Management Operations Manager. Patsy will do uh, the introduction and moderate the Q&A at the end of the webinar. I'd like to start by acknowledging the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. I also acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. Austroads is based in Sydney and today I'm on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging and the deep and ongoing connection to the land. About Austroads, uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. A bit of housekeeping. Our presenters will speak for about 75 minutes and then we will have some time um, for your questions. The slides and the fact sheets can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. To send us your questions for the Q&A, please use the question icon um, on your sidebar. If your question relates to any particular slide, uh, include the number of that slide in your message to help us answer your question as best as we can. Also, let us know if you are having any technical problems but just a quick tip if you lose sound or your picture freezes the issue is most likely with your internet connection so closing your browser and rejoining the session um, using your email registration usually helps this session has been recorded and we will uh, let you know when the recording is published on our website if you listen to podcasts you can also find Austroads in your podcast app all right and I will now hand over to Petsy Thank you, Ekaterina. Um, <clears throat> it gives me great pleasure to welcome everyone today to the webinar and also um, to introduce our presenters. So um, today's presenters, we have Chris Condestiatis, who is the lead implementation consultant for the project, and Chris will be taking us through the main part of the presentation. And then we're very fortunate to have jurisdictional representatives who will be giving us updates on where they are um, with harmonisation. And these will be provided to you by Sean Steber from Northern Territory, Troy Hanson from Queensland, Stephen Pascali from South Australia, Annie Johns from Tasmania, Corey Keeley from Victoria, and Gareth Pearce from Western Australia. And again, I'd just like to thank all presenters for their time today. Next slide, please. <clears throat> so today's presentation um, affords us the opportunity to provide an update on the implementation and operational commencement of Osroads National Harmonisation Temporary Traffic Management Practice Project. And we're very pleased that we can give you this update. Um, and as Ekaterina mentioned, answer as many questions as we can um, at the end of this presentation. The presentation today will include, as you can see on your screen, foundational matters, and that'll include an update on the Osroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management and an overview of temporary traffic management categories. 
the National Registration Framework for Temporary Traffic Management, which is for organisations who are seeking to provide temporary traffic management services. An update on all things um, for the National Training Framework for Temporary Traffic Management. And then our presenters from each jurisdiction, as I said before, will provide an overview of their jurisdictional adoption. So thank you once again for attending today's webinar. And I'd now like to hand over to Chris. Thank you, Patsy. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, I would like to uh, commence by effectively just repeating uh, the key messages that Patsy highlighted. Um, I'll be talking to you about those the first three columns that you see on the screen. Um, and then I'll be handing over to the individual jurisdictions who will talk about their adoption um, pathways and transitions. On foundational matters, uh, it's always important to understand and, and remember why we're doing this effectively reform. Um, the key message is we have 18 fatal crashes a year, which involve a vehicle uh, impacting a stationary or mobile worksite. Uh, 245 serious injury crashes, 530 uh, minor injury crashes, and the, the scores of others which are simply not reported or end up being uh, insurance claims of one type or other. These details uh, are presented in an Austroads uh, benefit cost analysis report that's available on the Austroads website. And I invite you to um, download and read that report because it lays the foundations of why this is important. The Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management is a, a document that for most of you, I would assume is, you are familiar with. It was released at the end of 2019. Uh, it has gone through one update uh, in 2021 and is currently being uh, revised uh, and will be released towards the second half of this year as a further update. Uh, this is an important document and a, and a document which, uh, if you are in the business of temporary traffic management, would be a document that you would have in your back pocket, obviously, along with the uh, individual terms uh, codes of practice or other instruments that jurisdictions have. I'd like to just spend a moment or two just talking about the three different categories or TTM categories. Um, for the purpose of applying our national harmonisation work, um, we effectively require a road or a section of road to be allocated into one of these three categories. These three categories are graduated um, to capture the variability, the complexity, and, and to put it bluntly, the risks that are associated with the provision of TTM services. Um, just as a note, these categories should not be confused with other characterizations that 
agencies, road managers use. These are specific to uh, temporary traffic management. These categories also provide the foundation in understanding the progression across both the national training framework for temporary traffic management that I'll describe here soon, and the national registration framework for temporary traffic management as well. Because they provide the graduated understanding for individuals working, for organisations providing services, um, and provide that scaling that occurs. The National Registration Framework for Temporary Traffic Management is now a draft document. It is available on the Australia's website, and it's particularly of interest to organisations and individuals who provide temporary traffic management services uh, to within Australia in, in, in particular. The document is drafted on our website because it requires your engagement, your consideration and your input. Now, to avoid any confusion, uh, nationally we've adopted the term registration framework, but individual states can call it something else. It could be the pre-qualification framework, the enrolment framework, or the accreditation framework. That's the state decision that's made. Um, at a national level, we're simply using the word national registration framework to create a, a, an umbrella document in which each jurisdiction then moves and progresses. I wanted to highlight within this document, when you do peruse it and, and provide us comments, the first one is it's a graduated registration across those TTM categories that I mentioned previously. That means that you may choose to be registered or pre-qualified to do category one work or category two work, category three, or for that matter, all of them. But the requirements are scaled according to those categories as well. Hence the obligations are scaled that a temporary traffic management provider would provide. So as I said, it is a draft document, it's on our website. We invite you to peruse, we invite you to provide us comments so that Austro's along with its members can finalise it as a, as a national document. I'd like to now spend the rest of my presentation uh, detailing the national training framework for temporary traffic management. Let me begin by simply saying that the framework has been developed under the vocational education and training framework and it's based on skill sets and units of competency. The framework identifies the requirements that individuals need to accomplish to be able to work in different roles and in the different TTM categories that I mentioned previously. The responsibility of the National uh, Training Framework is that of Austroads along with its members to maintain and, and keep up to date. Now, in a high level summary, the framework comprises three roles, the role of a traffic controller, a traffic management implementer, and a traffic management designer. And the framework is then grouped or categorized across three different categories. Uh, TTM category one, TTM category two, and TTM category three. 
this graduated process ensures a graduated training environment. Um, this means that um, in providing TTM services, an individual, let's say a traffic management implementer, who's trained for TMI1 environments or category one environments, they need to complete this, demonstrate experience, and then be eligible to progress to either category two or category three, or in time to do all the categories. And this is a foundational learning that we had, which has now been applied in the way we've rolled out the program. There are eight national skill sets that support the eight training programs that I mentioned previously. These skill sets have been successfully progressed, have been approved, and they now sit on the training.gov.au uh, website. They're publicly available to download, and they detail the entry requirements for someone there to, that seeks to do a course, to do one of the training programs, the units of competency that will be um, taught and, and learnt, the theoretical and practical training requirements, and I should stress there are both theoretical, let's call them in-class training, and then practical training requirements, and associated with that, the necessary assessments, both theoretical and practical that are associated with the uh, training experience. These skill sets, these requirements meet what are required by ASQA, and in the case of Victoria VRQA, and in the case of WA, the TAC. I mentioned it is a graduated learning experience. We're looking at a three-year renewal, but I wanted to stress that one of the successes of this national framework is the mutual recognition across participating jurisdictions. To put it simply, if you do a TMI1 course in one participating state or territory, that is recognised in any other participating state or territory. The only addition is the other jurisdiction may have some local requirements, that is local training, which are complementary to the training that you would have received nationally. Now, the local training that we're talking about is very much local. Um, we've decided that the national training should cover everyone, recognising that in some settings, in some territories and states, there are some unique differences. So we're effectively not forcing people to learn the unique differences until they are in that state or territory and by necessity have to. Now, how does an individual acquire this training? What's the pathway they need to do? Well, the first thing is that they need to sign up to and have the training delivered by an approved training provider. And I'll talk to that uh, in, in a few minutes. So it's not any RTO, it's an RTO who has been approved as a training provider for that particular state territory and that particular training. I mentioned it's a graduated learning experience across the TTM categories, uh, which starts uh, at category one. So if you want to be a traffic controller, a traffic management implementer, or a traffic management designer for category one, you do that course first, subject to you having the entry requirements, of course, 
And then you progress to either category two or category three, um, or over time, as I mentioned previously, even both. Because the entry requirements for category one, TC1 and category one, TMI1 are the same, we also have the option of being able to deliver an integrated or combined course of TC1 and TMI1. And that will be available as well. What I wanted to do was uh, take you through in, in a more granular detail, the pathway for someone who elects to be a traffic controller. Um, so if you want to be a traffic controller, the first thing you do is you check the entry requirements. In other words, the, the, the things that you must have before you're eligible to enroll in the course. And there's only one requirement, and that is that you hold a white card. And uh, that's uh, a critical requirement from a safety perspective. You then find an appropriate approved training provider and you enroll in the TC1 course. And just progressing down that uh, first column, you then undertake the theoretical classroom training. It's two days in the classroom. You do the training, you do the associated assessments, and if you successfully complete, you're then eligible to progress to the practical training component. Now, the practical training component effectively requires you to work on a real road setting, a declared road as we'd call it, and have at least 20 hours of practical training under supervision uh, in a category one environment. After this is done, you are then assessed by the same approved training provider to demonstrate that you have acquired the practical experience to be able to work autonomously. This practical component can take and we allocate a six month period because we realize that there are circumstances in which the training cannot be done straight after that you do the theoretical training. If you successfully pass the theoretical, the theoretical and then obviously the practical training, you then receive your statement of attainment, which contains the particular skill set for TC1. The TC1 training is complete, then you're able to work in that jurisdiction or able to transfer to any other jurisdiction as well. As I mentioned, there might be specific um, jurisdictional requirements pertaining to that, but they are on a case-by-case -case basis. That allows you to work in a category one environment. You can operate autonomously, um, work for a contractor, a, a company, and then sometime in the future, you might decide or the company might decide for you that you are, you should be working in category two settings. That is the more complex environments. The entry requirements for a category two setting are simply that you have and can demonstrate through a logbook of some kind or evidence, 40 hours of experience in working in category one environments. In other words, you have spent a week, if it was full time, or at least 40 hours uh, working in category one environments. That's the entry requirement. Then the pathway is very similar to that of the category one environment. There is a theoretical component. It's only one day. If you successfully pass that, you then have the practical training component. And that again is 20 hours of supervised practical experience on a real road. 
You then undertake the assessment in the practical setting. And if you successfully pass that, you then receive a statement of attainment for the TC2. And again, you're eligible to work in category two environments. I'm not gonna go through TMI and TMD, but it is a similar architecture of training, which comprises both theoretical and practical. Of course, that's great. And that makes perfectly good sense for someone who's entering the industry. But this is not a greenfield industry. We have existing operators. As we speak now, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of traffic management sites established and people are working. And we know that at Austroads, and clearly so do our members. So we are in the process of recognising that we need transitional arrangements for individuals. And this process is currently underway now by jurisdictions engaging with the industry. Um, the key consideration of that engagement is to ensure that we have minimal disruption to individuals, to the employers, and to the workplace. But I can give you some guidance. As a minimum, we are looking at a recognition of prior learning, which is linked to a challenge test. In other words, if someone says, I am a traffic management designer uh, and I've been doing this for 10, 20 years, then you should be able to at least pass the challenge test, which is the assessment that you would have done if you had sat the course. And if you successfully pass this, it's great. You've, uh, you've met the requirements. Just moving on. Up to now, I've used the term approved training providers, and I want to now talk about what that means and what the pathway is for an organisation to become an approved training provider. We have a nationally consistent application process for a registered training organisation to become an approved training provider. The form is the same, the process is the same, but there's a requirement for an application to be on a per jurisdiction basis. And there's reasons for that that I'll go into. But the requirement is, number one, you, if you're an RTO, you must demonstrate that you are registered as an RTO. So that's the first requirement. The second requirement is that you identify the training programs you're interested in doing. There's no limit, you can do all of them, or you might say, I'm only interested in TCs and TMIs, or you might, conclude that you are more interested in the TMD suite. You specify your information in the training and assessment strategy. I should stress that the draft will be provided to you by Ospreys. You provide details of your nominated trainers and assessors and by those details that demonstrates their suitability. And then you submit the application form. The application form will be considered by the jurisdiction. And once you are successful, you are then an approved training provider. And you can provide the training that you're approved for to the industry as a whole. The post environment for an approved training provider is there is an oversight um, of that training. There is an audit process uh, and, I, and the audit process will be the accountability lies with Austroads to provide the audit. And in fact, the operations manager, Patsy, that introduced 
this uh, webinar is the manager of that audit program, but obviously it will be in close liaison with the Austrates members. And then there is a renewal uh, and or termination process uh, for an ATP uh, subject to um, their performance and their desire to continue or otherwise. Another very important dimension to this is that the training material, and I mentioned previously the teaching assessment strategy, but the training material is actually developed by Austroads for its members and will be provided as part of the application process to individual RTOs and then will become the basis of how the training is delivered. In addition to this national training material is for the states which are particular specific jurisdictionally developed material which are add-ons uh, or complement for the jurisdictional differences and they too will be provided under an arrangement to approve training providers. To give you an idea and scope of the extent of the training material it is effectively everything you need um, the training material includes the training and assessment strategy that I mentioned previously. Um, that is in draft because you as an applicant to become an approved training provider needs to complete it. By completing it, uh, you identify where you will be located, uh, the uh, student ratios that you will have, the location of the training, the location of the theoretical training, your classrooms, the organisations that you will partner with that provide the, the practical training component. And the reason the applications are also state and territory based is because that document will differ from state to territory. Clearly, the location of where training will be provided will differ from one state to another. Another document that you'll get is the mapping document, the document that maps the content to the assessments, an important document if you're an, uh, an approved training provider. The presentation slides and the learner notes, the actual material that will be trained. The trainer guide that details the information for the trainer, including the answers to the assessments. The theory assessment, that is the questions that will be provided. The simulated theory assessment, especially with the traffic controller component, which is um, the simulation component, the practical training logbook, that is the book that you give a successful student that's passed the theory, so they can take that when they do their in-field practical training, the practical training assessment, and as applicable, the localised content. This package of training is to be provided to an applicant under an NDA and then will be used by the successful applicant when they're an approved training provider to deliver the training. And it's the same material across the country. The material will be, up, will be updated to reflect changes to the guide, but that will be the responsibility of Austroads along with its members, and it will supplementarily be provided to ATPs from time to time. Now, let me start by thanking 
the industry for providing commentary to the drafts of the traffic controller and traffic management implementer training material. That has now been completed and it's been approved and is ready. Very soon, you will also be receiving the traffic management designer training material for your consideration, for your review, and hopefully for your comments so we can further improve it. Now, I wanted to be upfront here. There are fees associated with an ATP uh, providing the training. Uh, the fees cover the provision and updating of the National Austro's temporary traffic management training material, the provision of the ATP oversight and auditing environment, and the Austro's IT registry system. The fee is payable by an approved training provider for each statement of attainment that is issued to a successful applicant, inclusive of renewals. And the fees are documented on the Austro's website and they vary from $50 to $100 per statement of attainment based on the actual temporary traffic management training, national training program. Now, I wanted to highlight here uh, some important messages. This is not a fixed license fee. This is a fee based on the successful completed students or learners that you have. Not the ones you enroll, but the ones who successfully complete. This means that it is agnostic of the size of the company. It's also agnostic of how many people you enroll. So in simple terms, if you enroll 100 students and 90% of those are complete, then you will pay 90 times the appropriate fee for those. If you decide as a company that you don't want to train for six months, then you won't pay anything. So the fee has been structured to reflect um, what the industry has told us about how they do business. And uh, as I said, this shouldn't be new to anyone because it's been on the Austro's website for a while. Now, one other very important aspect is we've developed a national temporary traffic management logo. The logo is to be used by ATPs to identify themselves in the market. And the logo is as such. The logo will be provided to approved training providers and we ask them to use it on their websites. We ask them to use it on their collateral to identify them as approved training providers so that their clients, learners, can find them in the marketplace. We've also requested that the logo be also positioned on every statement of attainment that is issued to a successful learner. Now, this is important because we want to make sure that people who are interested in providing training go to the right place. So it's to your benefit as an approved training provider to display and use this logo uh, as needed. The other important initiative, and I'll conclude by this, is our Train the Trainer initiative. I pointed out earlier that we have new skill sets. 
we have updates to the guide that has influenced the training to the extent that we have providing, we are providing new training material. So what we've decided to do, again, in engaging with the industry and our and our Austroads members, we have developed a train-to-trainer program to provide sufficient trainers into the market in the first instance. We're happy to announce that this will be rolling out very soon. We have engaged the services of Civil Edge as our consultant RTO, who will be responsible for delivering the train-to-trainer program for the traffic controller and traffic management implementer roles over the next few months. A fact sheet that details this will be provided soon on the Australia's website, including dates and so forth. But the important message is that this trainer-trainer program is targeting existing trainers. And by existing trainers, we mean anyone who has been delivering training for the last 18 months and in the last 18 months has delivered at least three courses. That is one of the key requirements for eligibility. And the aim is by, if you meet those requirements, you enrol in the trainer trainer, you achieve the updated skill sets that are required, and then you can deliver the training going forward. On that note, um, I'd like to uh, thank you for your attention. And I'd like to now transfer across to the individual jurisdictions, and in particular, the first one, which is from the Northern Territory, who is Sean. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Uh, my name's Sean Steber. I'm the Manager of Traffic Operations uh, based in Darwin. Um, I'd like to thank uh, yourself, Chris, and Patsy, and the rest of the Osroads team uh, for the opportunity to provide an update on the Territory's adoption of Temporary Traffic Management Harmonisation Project. Uh, also, thanks to all the attendees listening in on the uh, webinar today. Uh, next slide, please. Oh, sorry, that one there. Um, our adoption of the Australian Standards and the AGTM. Uh, the NT government transition period uh, to the latest standards and the associated guides is almost finished, requiring all temporary traffic management being implemented on NTG roads from the 1st of July 23 to be compliant with the latest standards and the guides. There are some exceptions to the full adoption up here. Um, the use of truck-mounted attenuators. Some industry members had expressed concern that TMAs were going to be required to be used uh, on all of our job sites up here. Uh, use of TMAs on NTG roads is currently encouraged, but not mandatory. <coughs> uh, Multi-message signs. We haven't used multi-message signs uh, on NTG roads previously. Um, and uh, we're initially looking at an, um, adopting a trial use of multi-message signs, which will permit um, use of them on, on roads with a posted speed limit of 80 k's now or less and no more than two lanes on that approach. Uh, exceptions to the Australian standards or guides will be addressed within our technical specification provision for traffic and in the NT specific training component which we're developing. In the next few weeks we're looking to release a bulletin to local industry leading up to the end of our transition period, highlighting some of the key changes from the 2009 standards to the latest standards and guides. Our road categories, in accordance with the road category criteria and local NTG road environment, uh, our road categories have been confirmed for our NTG roads. 
the list of roads and associated categories will be published on our website um, for, uh, on temporary traffic management in the near future. Uh, the NTG road category list does not include any Cat 3 roads at this stage. Um, we will, we're expecting to be assisting local governments with their categorisation of their roads. Uh, and we've been in consultation with the local government association of the NT. Uh, next slide, please. Our training framework. We've been working with our consultant to develop a NT specific training requirements to complement the national training packages and will be incorporated into training that is delivered within the NT by approved training providers. The NT training component will address specific NT content, which Chris touched on before, um, uh, or and other variances to Australian standards or the Acton. For example, training will include content associated with the NT's 130 kilometre speed limit roads um, and other items such as our, the high volume of road trains on our road environments. The train the trainer. I believe we're fortunate enough up here to be one of the first jurisdictions within the country to have our existing trainers undertake train the trainer. Our existing training providers are all keen to undertake train the trainer with the view to apply to be NT, ATPs and commence training uh, and new harmonised packages. Individuals training and the transition period. We've encouraged, encouraged individuals to maintain their current qualifications through existing training currently available until a new harmonised training is being delivered. Any individual whose existing qualifications expire will then be expected to undertake the new training. However, any individual is welcome to undertake the new training earlier if they wish. Our existing qualification period is for three years and so we expect full implementation of the training framework three years after the national harmonised training content has commenced being delivered. Next slide please. Registration scheme for temporary traffic management service providers. The NT intends on adopting the temporary traffic management registration scheme. At this stage, the date of implementation has not been confirmed. However, we're currently working through our current systems and internal processes in order to support the scheme. Consultation with stakeholders and industry has commenced and is ongoing. We intend on offering existing temporary traffic management service providers with one year conditional accreditation in order for them to meet all requirements for full accreditation. We also intend on offering other conditional accreditation to suit specific circumstances of some service providers. Next slide, please. Uh, that's about it for an update from the NT. Um, please contact me directly for any, um, any queries. My contact details are below. Uh, thanks again for your time, and I'm handing over to Troy Hanson from Queensland, Department of Transport and Main Roads. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate that. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, uh, my thanks also uh, to Austroads for the opportunity to provide an update on Queensland's approach uh, to harmonising with the National Temporary Traffic Management Arrangements. Uh, I'd also like to take a moment to acknowledge the significant effort that's gone into this project by the project team, uh, but also members of the uh, temporary Traffic Management Technical Reference Group. Uh, it has been going for several years. Um, the, the magnitude of the undertaking can't be overstated. Uh, it's a worthwhile endeavour and one that we're pleased to support. Uh, we recognise that ensuring safe outcomes requires many groups work together and that we all have individual and collective responsibilities. 
Osteroad's commitment to developing and maintaining a national guide for temporary traffic management practice and to developing best practice training for workers is a significant step in reducing risk for road workers and road users at our road work sites. Uh, in Queensland, we adopted the Osteroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management formally on the 1st of December 2021 after a voluntary adoption period of 12 months. A new document, the Queensland Guide to Temporary Traffic Management was released in November 2020, uh, which basically states that we adopt the practices described in the Osteroads Guide, apart from some Queensland specific variations. Uh, the Queensland Guide is issued as an approved notice under the Torum Act, enabling it to be enforced in practice. Uh, we have a temporary traffic management technical reference group or technical working group in Queensland, uh, which has been meeting about three times a year since adoption to gather feedback on the new standards and identify improvement opportunities. And we've introduced some local changes and continue to work with Austroads through the national technical reference group to have those changes considered for inclusion in the national standard. And we expect that over time, the number of variances between the Queensland standard and the national standard will gradually decline. Uh, next slide, please. The department's been working with the temporary traffic management industry and training providers for nearly a decade now uh, to improve the quality of training provided to temporary traffic management workers and the consistency of it across the industry. Uh, we appreciate that we have an active and engaged community of trainers and traffic management companies here in Queensland and the work done between the department and industry over the years has informed the shaping of the national training framework. Uh, the Queenslanders joining the presentation today will recognise many similarities between the national training framework and our current arrangements. Uh, TMR currently produces training material to support delivery of traffic control, traffic management implementation and uh, traffic management design training courses. And we make that training available to offer delivery to approved uh, registered training organisations through a licence agreement. Much like the national framework, uh, training organisations and trainers are required to apply um, and be assessed as being suitable before being uh, approved uh, to deliver the courses and issued a licence agreement. Uh, currently, we have about 26 uh, approved training organisations operating in such a manner in Queensland. It's a condition of our current licence agreement that approved training organisations participate in audits conducted by TMR of the training delivery and compliance with the learning and assessment strategy. Uh, this year, we're aiming to have about, about 50 to 75% of our RTOs audited. What all that means is that the department has in place uh, the business processes and resources required to operationalize, manage and sustain, sustain pardon me, um, those activities with industry and all of the equivalent activities uh, in the national training framework. In considering the implications of the national training framework, in particular training for workers based on road category, TMR has been working with road infrastructure managers to develop a central repository of all road categories in Queensland. Um, all of TMR's roads and those of um, over 70 local governments have been categorised and mapped, and they're made available as a map layer on Queensland Globe, which is freely and publicly available. Um, so that uh, organisations can look at the road category that they're working on and identify the registration uh, requirements and training requirements for workers. Um, that is a significant piece of work. I want to take a moment as well to thank uh, all of the local governments um, and the Local Government Association of Queensland for their support in doing that. Uh, moving forward, we're actively supporting the development of the remaining traffic management design 
uh, training modules and we'll be helping to facilitate industry feedback on those uh, two Austroads in the coming months. Um, in parallel, we're preparing to consult broadly across uh, all sectors and regions to ensure that um, affected Queenslanders have the opportunity to have their say on their framework and potential uh, transitional considerations as well. Uh, just on the final slide, uh, there are some contact details uh, for our training team. If anyone has questions about our current training arrangements and also our contact details for our traffic management registration scheme uh, through which we process applications to become approved traffic management companies in Queensland. And that operates much in, in the same way as the national registration scheme uh, will operate also. Uh, as per usual, I'm always happy for people to contact me directly for a chat to discuss uh, these arrangements also. Uh, with that, I'll hand over to uh, Stephen in South Australia. Thank you, Troy. Hello, my name's Stephen Pascali from the Department of Infrastructure and Transport, and I'd like to thank Osroads for the opportunity to present on the current status of South Australia. South Australia adopted the Osroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management and incorporated them into the SA Standards for Work Zone Traffic Management in December 2019. The SA Standards are available at the website shown in the link, which is our, our departmental website. And users can also subscribe to be notified of updates to the South Australian Work Zone Traffic Management documents, which is a good way of staying up to date with the latest changes. We're dedicated to the introduction of the new qualification systems for temporary traffic management. We currently do not have in South Australia a tiered system with the traffic controller qualification the only skill set required for any temporary traffic management. As a change to the tiered system with multiple road categories is significant, to our current system, we're engaging with industry to keep them informed of the new requirements. Next slide, please. Having met with all the current departmental approved training providers in the last quarter, they have expressed interest in delivering varying qualifications within the scope. As we do not have a tiered, uh, a three-tiered qualification system in place, currently we're engaging with industry to establish the volume of practitioners in the traffic management designer areas. We're currently engaging with stakeholders on updates relating to the implementation and the implementation date is to be decided once all the new programs are finalised. In the implementation period, there'll be an 18 month process for existing practitioners to gain the new qualifications by a recognition of prior learning. When, implementing, when implementation timeline is decided, there'll be a further communication to inform industry of the requirements of the implementation program. I'd like to thank you and I'll now hand over to Annie Johns from the Department of State Growth in Tasmania. Thank you very much, Stephen, and thank you to Osroads for the opportunity to speak today. Uh, next slide, thank you. Awesome. Uh, so many of our Tasmanian local industry will know that Tasmania adopted the AGTTM on the 1st of January 2021. Um, and since that time, traffic control at work sites in Tasmania must be designed and installed in accordance with the relevant Australian standard 1742.3 and the most recent version of the Osroads Guide. Uh, the Department of State Growth has a traffic control for works on roads guide. Uh, this contains information regarding authority, training requirements and transition arrangements relating to the national harmonisation of temporary traffic management practice. Um, so I really encourage everyone to become familiar with that document as that will be the one main source of information for uh, the requirements for temporary traffic management in Tasmania going forward. 
Uh, Tasmania intends to implement the national training framework uh, at its earliest opportunity uh, following the approval and training of RTOs, as Chris touched on before. Um, we'll also have to update that Tasmanian guide to reflect uh, current requirements, including transition periods and things like that, recognise prior learning, that sort of stuff. Um, and also giving our then ATPs adequate time to prepare and set up for classroom training and that sort of stuff as well. Uh, we also intend to adopt the other resources Chris touched on before, such as the registration scheme. Uh, that's not something that we've previously had in place in Tasmania before. So um, when that does become available, that is something that we will look to uh, implement as well. Uh, and just finally, um, you can access all up-to-date information on our transport website, uh, Tasmanian transport website. That's where you can find the Tasmanian guide, um, information on road categories, uh, all our up-to-date information, devices, anything basically related to temporary traffic management. Um, and my details are on the screen there now, so I'm sort of the best uh, person to contact uh, in the first instance in the department to seek information, and then I can uh, seek information elsewhere, either through Ausroads or through other areas of the department as well. So that's basically it from Tasmania at this point in time, and I'd like to pass over to Corey from Victoria. Thanks, Annie, and thanks, Chris and um, Patsy, for having me here as well to give you an update from Victoria and our progress towards adoption of the National Harmonisation Framework. So. Um, we're lucky enough in Victoria's Department of Transport and Planning to have been funded for a traffic management reform program. So we do have a small team that's overseeing, alongside many other initiatives, the implementation of the national harmonisation. So we've got three pillars that we're quite well progressed with. Um, we have a, implemented a temporary traffic management accreditation program. So we'll give you some details on our progress um, there in the coming slides. But that does introduce the traffic management models and the road categories that are outlined in the AGTTM. Um, in Victoria, we'll be adopting the National Training Framework um, in its entirety, and that'll be complemented by some big specific materials that um, we'll talk to further in the slides as well. And the third activity is the adoption of the AGTTM through incorporating it into our updated the Code of Practice um, for Worksite Safety Traffic Management. So I'll go into a bit more detail on the next slide. So our accreditation program has been introduced um, and it's aimed at obviously the maintenance of the high levels of safety and having a bit more oversight about the compliance of the traffic management companies who are doing work on our DTP managed roads. Um, it does introduce the new road categories um, and has that graduated approach of the one, two, three um, as they move through the, the qualifications and can prove to us that they're suitable to be performing works on those categories of roads. Um, it makes sure that only companies with the really suitable experience and qualifications and a good safety record are allowed to do so. So that actually replaced the pre-qualification scheme, which was a, a, the prior scheme was more of a corporate lens, a corporate compliance lens on people who were able to perform works on behalf of the department on the roads. It's now looking at it through much more of an operational lens um, and it's um, managing the road. Yeah, and it, Right now, it's already in place, and from February 2023, it became mandatory for any organisation that wanted to submit for an MOA in Victoria or any authorisation to perform works on DTP managed roads. So there is um, an application guide guideline and form on our website, so you can access that and all the instructions on how to apply are there for you. So if we just move on to the next slide. Um, we are also updating our code of practice. Oh, sorry, go back one side. Yeah, so 
the manner in which we're adopting the authorised guide to temporary traffic management is by incorporating it into our updated code of practice. So we're adopting the safest elements of the AGTTM. We do have some departures, which are areas where we did have a slightly higher standard than was able to be agreed nationally. Um, and we also have um, a, some certain circumstances which are unique to Victoria, such as our trams network as well. Um, the updated version of the code of practice will need to go through a gazettal process. That is imminent. Um, we, once that has been gazetted, it'll be published and there'll be a six month transition period for it to become effective. So it will only become mandatory after that transition period. Our indicative timing is that by mid-2023, the Gazetta will have occurred. It is imminent um, and it, six months after that, um, we, it will come into effect. So we have that transition period from mid to late 2023 with it coming into effect potentially in November or December of this year. We'll move on to the training slide. So, um, in Victoria, the training needs to be updated to match, to align with the updates to the Code of Practice and the national approach. Um, any RTOs interested in delivering the program and in the localised material will need to apply to the Department of Transport and Planning to become an ATP. Details on how to do so will be available in um, mid-2023 and they'll get published on our DTP website. Um, in Victoria, the RTOs will need to meet the following requirements to become an ATP. They'll have to submit an application, but they will need to present um, evidence and confirmation of either ASPA or VRQA um, registration. They will need to prove that they have facilities to conduct that training in a face-to-face -face environment. They'll have to confirm that they have partnership for, with the traffic management com companies for the on-road component of that training. And the details of the trainer and the qualifications will need to be provided, showing the evidence that they have the experience they need to hold the skill sets. Um, the RTOs must be able to, in Victoria, we're seeking for them to be able to provide traffic control cards to any graduates from the programs, along with their statement of attainment. And the regular auditing program for Osroads is welcomed in addition to the ASPA or the AQA regulatory requirements. So for our implementation timelines here, um, restating that in the first half of 2023, We'll be finalising the localised training materials and the ATP process. Mid-2023, we'll um, continue to support Osroads, but primarily with their delivery of the Train the Trainer program, and we will open the ATP application progress to the RTOs, process to the RTOs. In the second half of 2023, um, the training program should be introduced and come go live in Victoria, and the skill sets will transition from the old skill sets to the new and become mandatory. Um, and we will also provide support to Austroads in establishment of the national database and the auditing process. So if you need any further information in relation to this, we can also answer any questions via that email address, or you can have a look on our website at bigroads.vic.gov.au, TMR. If we just go forward to the next slide, I'll hand over to Gareth. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Corey, and thank you again to Osroads for the opportunity to give an update from Western Australia. Uh, so I'm Gareth Pears from Main Roads WA. I'll just run through our jurisdictional updates. So for harmonised practice, uh, we adopted the, the AGTM um, back in February uh, 2021 uh, by referencing it within our Traffic Management for Works on Roads Code of Practice. So in WA, that was a relatively straightforward exercise. It was rather than just simply referencing the guidance and requirements within the Australian Standard 1742 Part 3. Uh, we also are now reference uh, the AGTM. 
the code of practice will be retained um, and for the foreseeable future as well. Uh, it, it still will detail all our departures from, from Agtum and the Australian standard, as well as all WA-specific requirements, such as approvals, um, and as well as any additional training requirements and things um, that are above and beyond what we think is currently included in Agtum. Uh, one being uh, the use of portable traffic control devices, which we've recently mandated on all state, state road network. Uh, moving on to training and accreditation, uh, we're looking at in WA having an 18-month transition period. Uh, so once all the training material is available to be provided to our approved training providers, uh, we will have a, an 18-month transition period from that date. Uh, and from that adoption date, all new entrants into the industry will be required to undertake that Austroads training. Uh, current industry uh, from that date will just need to then seek uh, the new training um, via, which could be done via RPL when they seek their refresher. Um, so they won't need to go out straight away, uh, but when they're, they're due for a renew of their accreditation, they'll need to um, seek that new training and get those additional skill sets. Uh, in terms of the temporary traffic management categories, again, we're looking at another transition. So from the date of adoption, there'll be another 12 month transition period before we adopt uh, the Category 2 and Category 3 trainings, again just to give industry a little bit more time and training providers a little bit more time to get across those new requirements. Uh, we will be retaining some of our current training and accreditation requirements, uh, the Event Traffic Controller, the Roadworks Traffic Manager, the Worksite Traffic Management and the Operate TMA accreditations will be retained as well as these are not currently included within the, the, the Austroads framework. Uh, next slide please. So hopefully this figure here gives a little bit, a bit of a clearer picture of what I've just said. Uh, so assuming materials are ready by August 2023, uh, we'll have that 18-month um, transition period. Uh, during that period, um, RTOs that have that training material are free to use it, uh, utilise it. It will be seen as best practice training material, um, as well as um, industry may want to seek RPL and gain those additional skill sets and unit, units of competency within, within that time period to allow for a smoother transition. Um, and then as of, as of February 2025, all, as I said, all new entrants then will, must seek that training. And um, as current industry is up for reaccreditation, they will be required to undertake it. And then as February 2026, um, we'll be mandating the category two and three trainings and looking at the full um, mandatory transition from February 2028. So a bit of time up our sleeves. Uh, next slide, please. As far as the um, company registration, um, we're still working on on our, on our adoption approach here. Uh, the, the current Austroids framework is very well aligned with um, our current um, traffic management company registration scheme within WA. Um, clearly the key differences are the, the categories, uh, so that, that graduated approach uh, for categories one, two, and three, uh, which, will be, which we will be adopting. It also applies to the entire network, which our current registration scheme uh, obviously only, only applies to main roads um, roads, uh, as well as it now will include um, traffic management design um, organisations. So organisations that are purely doing design will now, now need to seek uh, registration with main roads to be able to undertake that work. Uh, so because of these differences, uh, we're still um, looking at further consultation with industry and in particular local government, as I said, that will now be inc um, included on their roads. So we needed to um, seek some further consultation to determine the implications and a timeframe. As far as the TTM categories are concerned, uh, we're yet to uh, categorise our road network. Our, our road network, sorry. However, we do have traffic volume data and speed limits available um, to anyone via our traffic map application, um, and we do intend on um, including that, that mapping on, on traffic map 
sometime uh, in the next uh, 12 months or so. Next slide, please. Uh, so for further information, I'll encourage anyone um, to go onto our website, uh, sign up for our uh, registration scheme newsletter. You can also subscribe to, for updates to any of our pages on the Main Roads website. Um, and there's plenty of information on our website as it currently stands, but we will be, obviously, as, as time progresses, a lot more will be added. And feel free to reach out to me as well for any direct questions that you have regarding this adoption. Thank you, back to Patsy. Thank you, Gareth. Um, and thank you again to all of our presenters today. We will now um, move on to answering questions that have been received during the webinar. Um, what I have attempted to do is group them together. So we'll try and answer all the training questions together. We've had a few on the practical component, etc. For those questions that we don't get the opportunity to answer today, um, they will be um, formally answered and, and posted, so they'll be supplied post this session. Um, and if you also have any further questions, so if we answer a question, you have another question, um, you have the opportunity, as you can see on your screen, to email us at ttmoperations.osros.com.au. You can also subscribe to updates on the project. So the link there to subscribe. And on our um, website, osroads.information, uh, slash TTM is what we have explained today and also includes fact sheets. So we have four fact sheets at the moment that um, go through further detail for RTOs looking to become ATPs, um, for information on how you uh, uh, enrol in training, for traffic management companies and for trainers. So again, all that information sitting up there and we welcome any questions. So um, I'll um, start answering some of the questions that we've had and um, I'll also invite Chris to, um, to jump in with additional information as and is required and I may pass over some of those questions to Chris as well. Um, so the first question we have and the first group I'm looking at is the training component and please excuse me as my eyes divert down to the question. Um, so if one person um, completes the training in one state, can they work in another state or do they have to complete a bridging course in that state? So um, the answer comes back to the training material. So Chris would have um, discussed that there is localised training material for participating jurisdictions. So it may be that if you've completed your training in one jurisdiction and you want to work in another jurisdiction, you will have to um, complete that localised um, training, so that gap training. So that will be a requirement. Um, sorry, I'm just going across my training. Um, question of training, if TC1 is now two days, how long will TMI1 be? TMI1 at the moment is two days. Um, and if you go onto the Odds Roads um, website, we have up there um, an RTO guide that can be downloaded and the back of that guide are the fees that Chris mentioned earlier and also some suggested time the time frames for each of the training courses so that information sitting up there see can I can Absolutely, I just add, Chris. Um, because I know uh, a number of people do a combined TC1 TMI1 so if it's a combined course then it's three days in total yeah exactly so, so that is available yeah that's fine. 
Thank you. Um, train the trainer. We had a, a question, how long will the train the trainer course be and what will be the cost? Um, so um, the training schedule and the cost will be um, made public. We are anticipating mid to late May. Um, there will be a fee, so any courses that run over two days will be $300 and any courses that are one day will be $200. What we're looking at doing um, is running consecutive courses, so TC1 at this stage will look at two days and then TC2 will be one day. Um, so you'll come in for three days back-to-back um, -back training for that um, and very similar approach to TMI. So um, that schedule will be up and once that's up, um, again, please approach us or your jurisdictions to have a chat about that schedule. Um, Chris, I might hand this one over to you. Is there a reason for no TC3? Yes, there is a reason. Um, uh, we we, we recognise that there are certain unique occasions in which a traffic controller may be used in a category three, three setting. But those occasions are so unique, the risks and the complexities are so bespoke that there, there, there is no possible national training that covers that. Rather, uh, what we're looking at is in those unique circumstances, um, subject to approval obviously by the jurisdiction, we're looking at a minimum of, uh, if there is a traffic controller required in that setting, a minimum of someone having TC2 experience for 250 hours and then specifically having experience in the task at hand and that being part of the detailed plan going forward. So in a nutshell, they're so unique that there is the concept of having a national training program does not apply, uh, but we are identifying circumstances and criteria in which that will occur and what will be the eligible requirements. And as I mentioned, minimum 250 hours of experience as a TC2 and also specific experience in the task at hand. Thank you, Chris. Um, I'm now going to have a look at some questions regarding credit transfer or the transition process. So one of the questions, can applicants for different categories gain credit transfer for units of competency completed prior to the approved provider rollout? So um, this question relates to if I have completed a unit of competence that is still applies in the new skill sets. The first thing that I would say is that any credit transfer um, will have to come through an approved training provider in the new national training framework. So when you apply um, to gain entry into one of those courses with an approved training provider, they will go through exactly the same process as they would um, in a normal RTO process. If it's an equivalent unit of competence and you've met all of that, including um, any theoretical, et cetera, then you will gain that unit. So under the standards for RTOs, that has to occur. 
However, remembering that we also now those units do play part of a skill set and the skill set now has a practical training component. So until you have successfully completed the skill set, you will not be able to um, gain your statement of attainment and be working in as, for example, a traffic controller one. Another question in regards to transition, will there be recognition of prior learning experience? Um, I believe Chris um, touched on this during his presentation. Um, we are developing a national RPL process and framework. However, that will then depend on what your jurisdiction decides how their transition process will look. So if a jurisdiction decides that they will not be using RPO as part of their transition, that's, that's what will occur. And as all of the um, speakers today have mentioned, they will be keeping each of the jurisdictions up to date with transition plans and processes and how all of that will occur. So I'm just going to double check we don't have any more transitions. Don't believe so. Um, next question, uh, cost-benefit analysis. Has a cost-benefit analysis been done? Yes, it has, and I believe it is up on our website, but I'll triple check that. So yes, it has. Um, I'm not sure if Chris mentioned that before or if Chris wants to add anything to that, but that was conducted very early on um, and is how we came about with some of the fees that Chris has mentioned. Yes, uh, thank you, Patsy. Yes, very much so. Um, the first part of the benefit cost analysis was to identify the problem and then to map the proposed solution against that problem. And uh, it was very positive. Um, and I invite people to look at the analysis, uh, read the document. Uh, it's quite eye-opening, especially for someone like me who was relatively, I was a beneficiary of temporary traffic management, but never, let's call it in the family. Um, it was quite eye-opening and um, the, costs to trainers, to RTOs, and to the industry have been factored into that benefit cost analysis. Thank you, Chris. Um, question now on to workplace practicals. So will the practical 20 hours undertaken in the TC1 be counted towards the 40 hours required in TC2? Yes, the pre-entry requirement for TC2 is 40 hours. So if you've already completed 20 hours um, as part of your TC1, then you need to complete another 20 hours as the entry requirement. Um, is the practical component done with an RTO or an S site? So the practical component will need to be done on a live site. So that is something that's come through very strongly with industry, is that getting experience on a live site is very important. So what will happen is after, for example, I'll go through TC1, after they've done the two days theoretical training um, in the classroom and they have successfully completed that, um, a learner then has six months to go onto a live site and complete their 20 hours practical. When they go and do that, they will have a work log, a logbook, which they will need to have completed by a supervisor. At the end of that completion of that logbook, the RTP, the RTO, which is an ATP, will come along and um, complete an assessment, which they will sign off to say that the learner has the skills. 
they will then successfully have completed the skill set and will achieve the statement of attainment. Um, sorry, I, I missed the, um, the uh, one of the credit transfer questions. Applicants from different categories gain credit transfer for units company completed prior to the ATP rollout. Hope I'm not repeating. Um, no. Um, once again, um, you will only be able to go through that process with an um, approved training provider. So at the moment, we have no approved training providers nationally. So once your jurisdiction has commenced implementation, there will be approved training providers for who will be able to have a look at credit transfer, etc. Um, as ATP, are RTOs required to be Osroads members to apply to be an ATP? No. So the process to become an ATP is that you will contact your local jurisdiction who will then set the process in motion for you. So they will then send out to you um, some documents that um, you will need to complete and return back to your jurisdiction. But no, you do not have to be an Osroads member. Um, a question regarding training materials. How can we participate in the review of the training documents as we were not involved with the original documents? So um, we, we did have over 80 industry uh, bodies including RTOs look at the training material and provide us feedback for TC and TMI. We are about to go into industry consultation for um, TMD. If you would like to be part of that process, if you'd like to have the opportunity to review those training materials, please contact us at TTM Operations and we will send you through what's called a non-disclosure agreement, which will allow you then to participate in the review. So unfortunately we can't do post, but we can certainly look at that moving forward. Uh, Chris, I might flick this next one to you. So this is work for this is work for place practice again. So you mentioned TC1 under direct supervision. Can you please explain what direct supervision is? Does that supervisor need to hold any formal qualifications to assess? Yeah. Um, thanks for the easy questions, Patsy. I know. That's no worries, Chris. <laughs> Look, um, can I just let's let's go back to where we are now. Um, and, I, and I've answered this question to a number of industry people. Um, direct supervision, I mean, we can say, you might hear people say within three metres of the person. Um, my view is the supervisor is responsible for that person on site. Now, it doesn't mean you hold a tape measure, but you are responsible and accountable for that person on site. It's not the ATP, it's the person who's responsible for that site. And I should say that's what is or should be happening now. If you are a traffic control company and you have set up and you've brought in someone under the current arrangements because they want to work for you, then you're accountable for that person on site. You are supervising that person not just because they need to learn the trade, but they need to adopt your business systems, your processes within your organisational environment. So supervision means not an ATP for 20 hours, 
It means the person that's responsible for that site who takes care of everyone who's taking care of that person on that site. Thank you, Chris. Can I, can I just, sorry, can I just add, and yep. after that logbook is completed, in other words, the supervisor is filling out that logbook and they do the 20 hours, just to avoid any confusion again, that's when you call the ATP to come in and do your assessment. So uh, this, I want to make it clear, we are not expecting an ATP to be sitting there for 20 hours doing a supervision. The supervision is done by the person who's qualified, who is on responsible for that site anyway. The ATP comes in after the 20 hours, assesses the logbook, confirms it, and then does an assessment of the person performing the traffic control task or the traffic implement, uh, traffic imp management implementation task. Thank you, Chris. Um, we do have some other uh, jurisdictional questions, but um, I would like to flick them out to the jurisdictions, post this and um, allow them an opportunity to read the question and, and then answer those. Um, so not avoiding, just um, have, there might be a little bit of work needs to be done on that. Um, and we also had a question about the logo, which I will um, personally answer, uh, post this forum. So Katarina, thank you. I think um, I'm happy that we've answered the questions we can at this stage. Thank you very much, um, Pensy. I hope I, everyone can hear me well. Uh, thanks everybody for the fantastic presentation and thanks to um, everyone who was on the call. Um, I just have a couple of slides to finish uh, this session. Um, as you can see on the screen, we have a variety of webinars coming up. Um, to learn more about all of them and to register, please visit our website. Um, and uh, when we close out today's session, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen. Um, please take a couple of minutes to send us your feedback. It really helps us to know what you liked or didn't like about the session and what suggestions you have for future webinars. Once again, today's session has been recorded and we will send you the link um, to the recording when it's published on our website. Thanks again, everyone. Stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day.